Good afternoon, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope that you're looking forward to another good time on the Speaking for Him podcast. I certainly am. Have you ever wondered about the history of Christmas, one of the world's most celebrated holidays? Well, you're about to find out. Join me right now for this edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. And it's that time of year when the snow is falling and the Christmas shopping is being done. Well, we don't have snow on the ground yet, but it will come soon. So I hope that you are enjoying your preparations for Christmas. Before we get started, I just want to say hello to Adam. It's good to have you back with us. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for always having me. And uh, I also have two very special guests. Um, One is a, a, a very close friend of mine and he's become something of a mentor to me dave delrymple we're happy to have him here um and also another good friend ivor thomas uh who will be uh giving us uh some words and song later on i'm just grateful to have these guys and i think you'll have fun with what we have planned and we're going to get started by going to adam for some historical facts about christmas I do. I have some right here in my hand. You know, uh, these are very interesting because you just you, you never really really think about these. That, that's what I like about. So here we go. For instance, in the Middle Ages, so we're going back to the 15th, 16th century, Christmas celebrations were rowdy and crazy, a lot like today's Mardi Gras parties. <laughs> I can't, that'd be kind of crazy to think of how that is with Christmas, but that is that is how they how they used to be right there. Also, Andrew, did you know that Christmas was not always a federal holiday in the United States? It actually uh, was put into effect in June, uh, June of 1870, June 26, 1870. Now, I always thought it was a national holiday pretty much since the states were created, but I, I guess not. I, I guess not. I think uh, sometimes our, our traditions just grow into the national holidays. It's kind of the same way with Thanksgiving, which we talked about earlier this year. So That's very true. All right, here's the next one here. Andrew, i got to ask you real quick. Do you like eggnog? I do like eggnog. Do you? Um, I always have the non-alcoholic variety. Just to put <laughs> that out there and make that very clear. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Well, uh, you know, the first glass of eggnog was actually made in the United States, and it was consumed in Captain John Smith's 1607 Jamestown, uh, Jamestown Settlement. And I'm not exactly sure how it was made. I don't know if, like, they dropped, accidentally dropped an egg in milk, and they're like, hey, here's a Christmas drink or something. But i uh, never been a big fan of that myself. But in case you're curious, that is when it started. Salvation Army, that's a big thing around this time of year. They have the uh, people out there ringing the bells and, and the pots for donations. The Salvation Army has been sending Santa Claus-clad donation collectors into the streets since the 1890s. So they've been doing this for 120 years plus. So that, that's pretty cool. It is pretty cool, and they and they do good work uh, for the Salvation Army, helping out a lot of people. So if you do get the opportunity to donate to the Salvation Army this year, I would wholeheartedly encourage a donation. There you go. Two more for you here. Rudolph, the most famous reindeer of all, was the product of Robert L. May's imagination in 1939. So Rudolph, the whole thing started back in the 1930s. The copywriter wrote a poem about the reindeer to help lure customers into the Montgomery Ward Department store so it actually was kind of started as an advertisement if you think about it that's that's really interesting i know when i heard that i was very surprised because 
uh, Rudolph is at least as far as my generation and I think the generation directly preceding it, Rudolph's pretty much been a staple of the Christmas season. So to think that it came into being in the 1930s and wasn't just always a part of the legend of Santa is kind of surprising. But that's what you find when you go digging for these historical facts. Uh, sometimes they surprise you, and that's part of the exciting uh, journey that we go on when we do these podcasts. I really enjoy it. It is. Yeah, it is really cool. Before 1939, it was known as a lighthouse light. Now it's Rudolph's nose. So how about that? And last one for you here. The uh, Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, you ever watch that, Andrew, the lighting of it? Yeah, it's a pr they usually have a really big tree. They do. I know the biggest one I think was close to 100 feet tall. Absolutely amazing. But construction workers started the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree tradition all the way back in 1931. So that was the first year of that. I would imagine that it had something to do with trying to help people cope with the Great Depression. That's kind of that my be. personal commentary. I don't have any facts to back it up, but I would imagine that those things coinciding was probably not pure coincidence. That's probably very true. There you go. Some interesting facts about Christmas. You go out and amaze your friends and family now. And if you ever go on Jeopardy, it could come in handy. <laughs> yeah, there you well, go. Well, these facts about Christmas are very interesting. They're kind of fun to enjoy. But let's hear from a famous celebrity about what Christmas is really all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And there you have it. The exciting thing about that is that for the last 50 years, approximately, the truth of the gospel has been going out on national TV through the Peanuts Christmas special. And so I just wanted to bring that into our discussion today and just say how grateful I am that Charles Schultz was not ashamed of his faith and brought it into Peanuts. And I'm very thankful that we're still free to show that on national television and people that wouldn't normally hear the gospel or even have an ear for it are hearing it from the mouth of Linus. It's pretty exciting. So that brings me uh, to a question that a lot of people have on their minds this time of year and people come at it from a variety of different perspectives and that is should Christians celebrate Christmas? Now I don't want to get into a deep discussion because obviously we could go on for a couple hours on that topic alone. But I just wanted to bring up this passage from Exodus 12, verses 24 to 26, in reference to the Passover. Um, and ye shall observe this thing 
for an ordinance, ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will give you according as he hath promised that ye shall keep this service. And it shall come to pass that when your children say unto you, What mean you by this service? And then it go, the passage goes on to say that you'll be able to say because of the Passover, uh, because of the ordinance that God put into place, you'll be able to say God delivered us from the Egyptians, brought us out of bondage, and gave us freedom, and that's why we celebrate. And you'll, you'll see this throughout the Old Testament, that there's Old Testament holidays, holy days, and that God gives the people of Israel um, to celebrate because they're a forgetful people. How many times does he say in the word, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt? Mm -hmm. Because he knows that we're a forgetful people. And although the New Testament never directly references a holiday, I think the principle of celebrating a holiday like Christmas can be applied uh, in 2012. And so without getting too deep into the discussion, my stance is that if it's properly celebrated, Christmas can be a wonderful time for uh, your family and friends to gather and even for sharing Christ with people that have never heard the gospel. Dave and Ivor are my guests here today. Do you have any thoughts on this particular question and this topic? Well, First off, I'm just really blessed to be here, and I think David would say the same thing. So thank you. And uh, it's been a real wonderful surprise, as the Lord always is. You know, I, I think you've articulated so much and so well that um, the peanuts piece is always touching to me. And I think there's a story just about um, he took a lot of heat for including that in that special. And... Um, I, I guess I'm just thankful for people like that over the centuries who've kept the gospel alive in, Chris, in Christmas. You know, I always uh, struggle with the contrast between celebrating the holiday uh, and also keeping the, the Christ in Christmas. Uh, the commercialization of it is, is painful to watch. You know, as we watch TV and, and watch around, that, that, that we see over and over again Christ being taken out of, of the Christmas story. But I think it's our opportunity because we can't stop Christmas um, from happening as in a worldwide celebration that we are now as purveyors of the gospel, as believers, as we are the ones to bring Christ central to that message. And that's, I think, where we are today as brothers and sisters and, and in my family as well, that we want to celebrate, but we want to keep Christ the center of it. All right. Well, that is a wonderful input from our two guests. And I want to go at this point into a hymn story about one of my favorite carols, Silent Night. Um, a little, I don't know if you realize this, but there was a um, Christmas special that was put on. I don't remember who did it. I think it might have been the BBC because it was on PBS during one of their um, pledge drives, and it was called A Naughty Mouse. And that's because the melody of the song was, for a lot of years, um, anonymously credited. And so the, the synopsis of the movie was that a mouse had written the melody of the song and that the writer of the words picked up the melody that the mouse had 
uh, left on the sheet when he scampered across it. Now, that's probably not accurate, but it's just kind of a fun <laughs> thing. And these are some facts about the hymn Silent Night. The words of Silent Night were written by a priest called Father Joseph Moore in Marfar, Austria, in 1816. And the music was added in 1818 by his school teacher friend, Franz Xavier Gruber, for the Christmas service at St. Nicholas Church in Obendorf, Austria. Furthermore, asked Franz Gruber to compose the melody with a guitar arrangement. It was several years later that Franz Gruber wrote an accompanying arrangement for the organ. Historians who have conducted research in recent years believe that Father Moore wanted a new carol that he could play on his guitar. It's thought that the song might have traveled around the area with an organ repairman, Carl Moucher, who could have taken an early arrangement with him about 1820. Then, two singing families, like the Von Trapps in The Sound of Music, seem to have discovered the song and performed it as part of their concerts. In December 1832, the Strausser family performed it at a concert in Leipzig. It was, the first, perf it was first performed in the USA in 1839 by the Rainier family, who sang Steidel Nike at the Alexander Hamilton Monument outside Trinity Church in New York City. It was translated into English in 1863 by John Freeman Young. The carol was sung during the Christmas truce on the First World War in December 1914 as it was a song that soldiers on both sides knew. And now, with Silent Night, Ivor Thomas. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and Thank you very much, Ivor. And I hope that you have all enjoyed out there this look at the history of Christmas. I hope that it helps you take a fresh look at the holiday. And I hope that you remember, most importantly, the first half of the word. Because without Christ, there is no Christmas. Keep serving the best of masters and have a wonderful weekend. <laughs>